Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. In this week's episode we watched Teen Wolf from 1985, not the 2011 TV remake, and 2022? That's not the name of the movie. No, um, Turning Red. Turning Red. Yeah, so it's a... Uh, oldie with a newie. Yeah, but they're both uh, very similar movies. They're, well, kind of. Similar premises, because they're both about... Puberty. Essentially, yes. They're both about puberty coming with um, unexpected... Weirism. Yes, weirism. Inherited uh, through generations. Yeah, which is not how normally it happens in movies. True, yeah. Yeah, because normally it's the, the, teen, the teen jock who's the quarterback of the thing and he's walking through the woods and he's bitten by a werewolf. And he becomes a werewolf. Okay. Because werewolves. Yeah, that is normally how werewolves work. Werewolves work, was what I meant to say, not wolf. Yeah. Um, so, spoiler alert, we are going to spoil both of these movies, um, which is especially important considering Turning Red came literally out, came out like... Coloured. Well, depends on when you're listening to this. Yeah, true. <laughs> For us, it came out recently. For you? Yes, it came out five days ago here in New Zealand at the time of recording, uh, which is what we're... Uh, what? What are you checking We're trying to think of... We're two, just short of two weeks out from when the episode comes out. So it'll still be... Relevant. Yeah, when, it, when this episode was released, it'll still be within three weeks of the release of the movie. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty new. So if you don't want spoilers... Don't listen ahead because we will probably spoil it. Yeah, pause this podcast, go watch the entire movie, and then come back and listen to yeah. us. Yeah, and watch Teen Wolf as well if you want. I was going to say watch Teen Wolf 2, and then I remembered that's the name of the sequel. Yeah, with Jason Bateman. Yeah, because Michael J. Fox hated Teen Wolf so much he didn't want to come back. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump into the movies. Um, Teen Wolf starts off with dark music and a cast and crew crawl that ends up in mm. a very sweaty... Michael J. Fox. That's what I wrote as well. I wrote that he's very sweaty. He's. I don't think I've ever seen someone so sweaty. He's incredibly sweaty. Yeah, that's clearly makeup, but they just went like over the top. Yeah, yeah. They just like poured a bucket of oil over his head or something. Like he's incredibly sweaty. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, a lot of contact mics used. It's by the sounds of things. Um, to get that like heartbeat. The heartbeat, but yeah. it sounds like it's. You you know it sounds like the mic is inside him, so it's obviously contact mic's up against something, maybe not a chest, but um, definitely something to get that echoey sound that it gets, and it's all kind of slow mo until uh, he throws a ball and it hits a basket and doesn't go into the basket. Yes, that's how basketball works. Because he's a shitty basketball player. Yes, they're all shitty. That's yes. the whole point. Yeah, of his the whole team, team is shitty. Is very shitty at basketball. I, I literally wrote MJF's team are shitty at basketball. Yeah, um, where turning red starts off with really stereotypical immigrant Asian parents. True. Yeah, it's all about uh, you know you must honor your parents and yeah. you must do everything for them and things like that. Um, and it starts off with like a series of family photos with uh, the main character narrating over it. Yeah. Who's super extra in that first? It's the, fantastic. The energy in the beginning of Turning Red is eleven. It's like. yeah, it's amazing though because she's a very awkward, nerdy character, but she is incredibly confident, mm. which I love. I think that's fantastic that they have this like 
awkward nerd character, but she's not like, you know, shy, awkward nerd in the corner. She's like, you know, really um, upbeat and out there, um, extroverted, you know, wearing what she likes, being an individual, whatever, as, as an awkward nerd. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, there's some very obviously different uh, ideas and language used in Teen Wolf, which was a little bit like I, looking at it through the lens of 2022 from yeah. 1985. Are you talking about the like weird homophobic scene? Not just that. There was yeah. That, that was very uncomfortable. Yeah, there was that. Um, also, just. Like the quest, the movie raised more questions than it answered. About what? About the entire universe that the the movie takes place in. <laughs> because, spoilers: Michael J. Fox <gasps> is a werewolf. Yes. Which the whole thing, like turning red, uh, you know, you, there's a you know there's a little bit obvious there. Um, what do you mean? Well, she's a female. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And then you know It's very puberty, puberty, puberty. Yeah, because yeah, when she when it happens to her first, um, she hides it from she hides in the bathroom from her mom, which is funny because Michael J. Fox tries to hide from his dad in the bathroom yeah. when he first fully transforms. Um, but her mom assumes that she's had her first period. Yeah. And she comes in with like a care pack that she's prepared with like painkillers and a hot water bottle and a whole box full of pads, which is quite sweet. Um that she's, you know, she's like, okay, I knew this was going to come. You're 13 years old. Yeah. I just thought I had more time to plan. Yeah. But yeah, no, Teen Wolf was very male, male um, puberty to the point where, like, he's smaller than the other guys and the guys are hairier than him and then he's just, like, sucks at sports. And then the coach sequence, when he goes to talk to the coach right in the beginning part, is so bizarre to me. Because he's like, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here for the whole team. You know, you said to us, if we never need to talk, you know, you can come see us. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting at his desk eating KFC. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm pretty busy. Like, my, <laughs> the IRS are after me. Like, and you're like, what? Why are the IRS after you? Like, never explain. The, the coach is great. One, my favorite thing about the coach is that, um, so the whole, I'm, we're going to go off far away from the timeline of the actual movie here because right near the end um, like the whole way along the thing is that he gets better at sports when he's the wolf and people like him better when he's the wolf and whatever yeah. and at the end he decides he's going to play the championship game as himself as, as a human yeah. as Scott rather than as TW Teen Wolf um, and the coach is like are you sure and he's like yeah he's like yeah, alright but you're going to lose and he's like yeah okay and it's like oh alright their coach like you know was happy seemed happy enough to just support him to be him mm. um but my favorite thing about the coach is that he tells him he's got three rules of life and you think it's going to be like something relevant to what's going on uh but his three rules of life are never get less than 12 hours sleep never play cards with a guy who has the same first name <laughs> as a city and never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body <laughs> What has any of that got to do with anything? With helping teenage boys yeah, through, the whole... like, high school. No, yeah. my, my favourite sequence from him is when he walks onto the court 
peeling and eating a hard-boiled egg. Yeah, and just dropping the shell on the ground. And tells the, one of the guys who's on the bench, go get me salt. And yeah. the dude's like, what? And he's like, go get me salt. <laughs> <laughs> the coach is amazing. Yeah. Um, so in Turning Red, you get introduced to her group of friends. So there's four of them, um, mm-hmm. which have all got very, you know, they're not samey. It's a very unique personalities. Um, yeah. Without, you know, they're not, super stereotypical but you they're kind of not really but sort of keyhole pegged mm. a yeah, i think uh, especially priya who is like almost their goth chick or she's supposed to be like real apathetic yeah. and stuff um so they have her talking in monotone all the time and all that stuff and she's like but they don't have her dressing like a goth. But she yeah. but she then later she's kind of hanging out with the goth kids so yeah. it's, so i think that is the kind of general area you're supposed to almost fit her into. I think they're just like the you know a mishmash group of weirdos. Yeah. Which is those are the kind of people I got on with in school. So. <laughs> Teen Wolf um, Scott really doesn't have. He's got like his friend Styles, who's always wearing an obnoxious like t-shirt, and then was it Jones, the guy who just like when he turned into Teen Wolf was just like staying away from him. Was that his name? I can't remember. I, can't I, remember. I thought it was like Louie or something. Something like that. I don't remember. I didn't take it down. Um, and the other person who's really important in his life is Booth. Booth. Her name is Lisa, actually, yeah. funnily enough. Which Lisa is... Booth. Like, their relationship through the movie is so bizarre. Mm. Because you have, like, um, uh, going through... Yeah, so he's going through his transformation and becoming a, a teen wolf. Um, his friend Styles is really into car surfing for some reason. Like, yeah. Well, they, just is so 80s because... Yeah, they introduced that as like, you know, him getting in and Michael Fox going to be like, oh, do you have to do this when you don't know what it is he's going to do yet? Yeah. So it's this, they, they very much have this implied, you know, that they do this all the time. That this is what he wants to do every time they're driving. Yeah. Um... And then there's this sort of back and forth real teenage thing of trying to buy beer from the local liquor store. And the dude's just like, every time they come in, he just like picks up his paper. Mm. And using his newfound Teen Wolf powers, he convinces, scares the shit out of the, go- the old yeah, guy. Yeah, he like, his voice gets real deep and his eyes glow red. red. Yeah. Um, so we end up in this party. And the reason the party's important is because. Scott's going through these changes, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and they've got the beer for the party, and the girl, who I don't remember her name because the character is just absolute garbage. Pamela? Is that the blonde drama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the, the girl that he... He likes. That he some, likes, but she... Yeah, and she's dating the star of the opposite, the other school, they're like rival schools basketball which makes team. no sense but whatever because he seems to be at the school and around yeah, he's just the at time. their school all the and time. he's also like i don't know how old michael j fox was in 1985 but he looks like a young like teenager yeah. where this guy looks like a straight up adult yeah so to my... the point where he's like i'm pretty hairy kind of person yeah and he's almost as hairy as i am and it's just like, yeah. what? Like, um, Michael J. Fox was 23 when they filmed this. Um, the guy who played 
Mick, which is the guy you're talking about, was 27. Yeah, that shows. But what I thought was funny was the guy who plays Styles is also 27, and he is the one that comments at one point that, like, Mick is... He's uh, is twenty and his only son is cool because he did time in juvie. Yeah. Um. But I thought it was funny that he's talking about how old he is when they're both twenty seven year old men playing teens. <laughs> it was a weird time that didn't finish until what the early teens, when mm. people just got hired, to, like thirty year olds to play like. It's still teenagers. happening. It's not that not as bad as it used to be. It's not nine oh was it nine oh two no. What was, um, I don't remember. No, Dawson's Creek. Oh, right. Yeah, anyway. I don't um, mean girls, they were all in their mid to late 20s, I think, playing 15-year-olds. Yeah, I'm on a tangent here. Back to Sorry. where I was up to. No, it's okay, that's the whole point. Um, back to where I was up to. So, um, they're playing the weirdest friggin' game I've ever seen, and I don't know if this was common in the 80s. I don't think so, because I've never seen another movie where all the girls have a guy's name and then they pick a girl's name out of the hat and then they have like a weird sexy but not really sexy thing that they have to do and Chubbs, who's one of the guys on the um, uh, basketball team with Scott, has to eat jello but they pour it down a girl's top and she's just fine with that. And at the beginning of the sequence we have two people basically in their underpants, writhing, but they're bound up and writhing around in cream, like instant whipping cream, <laughs> around a circle of people who are drunk and chanting. And there's a lady who looks way too old and way too over the shit in, like, weird, like, madame, like, bougie, like, bordello outfit with a top hat filled with these names. And then Booth's name gets called and she lies and says she's got Scott and then they play Seven Minutes in Heaven, which is what I've always re- heard her referred to. And yeah. I don't, yeah. Where they just get pushed into a closet to make out, I guess. Because that's what teenagers do. In American movies, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just... And she... And he obviously is, you know, embracing but the, the little bits of his wolfness are coming out. So yeah. when she leaves, she has straight up, like, yeah, lacerations he, down her back. Yeah, he, so he's ripped right through, through her, her clothing, clothes. Including, like, I think she's wearing, like, a denim vest. It's, like, super weird, because she's like, ow, your nails. Yeah. But then when she walks away, she's literally got, like, scrapes the whole way down her back. Real creepy. Um... But then, like, when you go through, like, later on in the movie in their relationship, they've mm. been friends since they were, like, five. And there was that weird sequence when he was like, I'm running away. And so they just walked around the block repetitively because they weren't allowed to cross... They, weren't, they were told they weren't allowed to cross the street by themselves. So they just walked around the block of their neighborhood and then went back home and no one had known they'd gone. And it was like... <laughs> And she's playing basketball with her, with his dad? Yeah, she's hanging out with his dad playing basketball at one point. And it's just like, my honest opinion, mm-hmm. and this is as, as the male audience now in this day and age, Okay. I would take that blonde lady and leave her on the side of the road yeah. because she is garbage. She's a oh, garbage yeah. person. She's like, when... I'm jumping forward a bit in the movie. 
but it doesn't matter. It I've does. already jumped to the end, so yeah, we're not we're not doing step by step. This is what happens in the movie. Yeah, I'm just we're just talking about like the differences there. Yeah. Um. She's dating Teen Wolf, and I don't know what they did in the changing room, but there was I a, mean there was that was ma- rape. I, or it was it's that's what I wrote is it seems very rapey um it really seemed like and it's totally downplayed um it seems like she's actually assaulted him yeah because it's a huge power play yes because she's in her underwear and he's like hey like can I come yeah. in and she's like come in we're all family in the theater yeah so she where's yeah. the wolf part and then you like the was it the vice principals like outside trying to get into his like um, 72 Corvette what, not a Corvette a, a Cadillac or whatever the I don't, I don't blocky <laughs> blocky car he's got he's trying to leave school and he just hears like a um, orgasmic howl coming from inside and you're like what the fuck is happening yeah yeah it's real creepy Um, yeah so she like as soon as so she has no time for him as Scott, and then as soon as he's the wolf, he's interesting. So she... He's not even, like, he's just barely, like, having some flashes of his, like, transformation. She's, like, sniffing around him, like, like, I... Oh, yeah, she's like, something about... different about you. Um, but that's, yeah, because he had never transformed in front of anyone yet except his dad at that point. Yeah. And she's like, something's different about you. Um... Yeah, and then like there's this moment where yeah, where that happens and um and then they go for a date to the bowling alley and her boyfriend is there and then when they and he gets or she like is like you know, showing her butt off and then pretending to be bad at, at bowling so that Scott will like come up and help her. Yeah, it's real creepy. And then her boyfriend comes over and is going mad at him. Um and then when he walks her home or whatever later He's, you know, she's like, oh, well, he is my boyfriend. He's like, you mean was? And she's like, no, no, he is. Yeah. And then it transpires that she has no intention of continuing an actual relationship with Scott. Because she has no interest in him as a person. Um, And they went to the bowling alley because she knew that her boyfriend would be there. Because she kept making eyes with him as she was, like, hugging Scott and stuff. It's such a weird, weird... Yeah. She's just a real shit person. And she's not, like, I'm not being, like, narcissistic here or, or, or critic. you know, I'm not criticizing it. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing against the, the actress. But the actress I got to play both is much better looking. In a modern standard, like, because I know that, like, the blonde, the blonde cheerleader mm. stereotype existed right up until the late teens. Mm. But, yeah, and everyone sort of... I think Beyonce's really helped, but everybody's sort of gone the other way. Um, fashion, style, everything. Okay. But it's just, yeah, from looking at it from a 22 point of view, like the friendly neighborhood girl you've got a relationship with that's built over time and trust, and now you're getting into puberty mm. versus the blonde girl who's dating a dude who maybe was in prison. Yeah, yeah, who maybe was in prison and definitely has it out for you. And, and the only thing sh- that he seems to like about her is the fact that she's blonde. Like, there's no... Yeah. She oh, well, I won't... mean, in fairness, he is just a shitty teenager and he's going to have weird crushes on whatever, based yeah. on, you know, very superficial things. Yes, isn't that topical? Um, <laughs> um, okay. We'll talk about Turning Red for a minute because I think... Overall, it's a way better movie. Yes. Um, 
That's amazing. It's really good. Uh, I actually, I'm gonna. This is probably gonna be controversial opinion time. I liked um, it. I like it better than Encanto. I think it's a much better film. I liked Encanto. Um, I, I thought it was an enjoyable film. Mm. I wouldn't say. I don't like. Personally, I don't like the direction that these movies are going in because I think they got to a point where they were. Pixar over their overarching thing was getting quite to a mature point, mm. and I think they're going back the other way a little bit now. Was the, turning red? No, I think like that's on the precipice of like it could go one way or the other. Mm. Um, but there are sequences in that and and little little tropes that I didn't enjoy, like the the big giant like anime eyes. Yeah, I thought. Um... That kind of stuff was interesting because I, what I wrote down at one point, I don't know where it is, but roughly what I was thinking was that um, I think the style of animation really plays on the fact that everything that Maylin interprets is through her um, emotional sphere, which is obviously very heightened. And it's interesting because in Teen Wolf, the signs that you get that he's going to become a wolf are all... Um, physical changes, yeah. you know, he's got a heightened sense of smell, uh, he can hear the dog whistle, he's growing hair in weird places, um, <laughs> his ears get pointed. That's uh, what happened to me during... <laughs> is it you, your ears got pointed? Yeah. Um, what was the other things that was, oh yeah, he like, he gets increased appetite and things like that. Whereas in um, turning, red. turning Red, it's all all the signs that there's going to be a change are emotional. Yeah. And it's and you see things as she sees them, and they intensify as her emotions intensify. Yeah. So then when there's those things that, like, things are really exciting or things are really cute or whatever, they, like, turn into this cutesy style. Because um, you see that later on when they're trying to test her and they bring out the box of kittens and the whole way through with different things, she's been keeping it calm, and then with that, the animation style goes different. They get all cutesy, anime eyes, and she does, and whatever, and then she has to, like, calm down. Um, but very much they were trying to give you a visual representation of how intense her emotions are as a as a thirteen year old girl, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, so that's the way you you took it, you interpreted it. Yeah, the way for me was just like, oh god, this is going the same way that like modern anime has gone, where it's just like people have really quickly drawn expressions based on like real stupid emotions, and mm. it's just like the like I watched like a. What was it? It was. A, well, I was watching ages ago, like a gritty, gritty anime, and then one of the characters did that, and I was just like, "I'm done. I'm literally done with this shit. Like, <laughs> I'm done. Like, you can't have people getting shot in one episode and people drinking to ignore the pain of the fact that their friend got blasted, mm. um, and then the next episode they're just being like that, oh, dumb face, and you're like, no, no, like, I'm done. I'm done with this.' No, I thought it was really. I thought it was well done. I mean, I don't necessarily love all of the style choices. But I thought it was really well done that, like, whenever she's calm, um, it's a very consistent style. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I think that's be- the style that they use for their ordinary animation that is actually quite beautiful. Like, I love the, the character designs and things. But then it's as her, inten- as her emotions get more intense or get more worked up, the style changes. And, it's, and you see things like, like when she's introducing her friends and you get these big, like, you know flashy screens about them whatever and it's you know like 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 it's a big tv intro but it's that's just how she is seeing her friends she's like 
these are the coolest people in the fucking world. Mm. And this is, you know, you all need to know how cool they are. The cinematography in Tony Red is fantastic. Um, mm. There are some borderline horror-style mm. cinematography in there. Are you talking about Giant Mom? No, we, we won't even get up to that. I'm talking like, <laughs> what's in the box sequence? Yeah. And also her mum stalking her on her first day at school when she's, you know, turning red. Yeah. Um, and literally just like getting assaulted, or no, not assaulted, accosted by the security guard, mm. who's a Sikh gentleman. Yeah. Um, there, and she's like trying to hide behind a tree, and that's when she goes for like full panda in the, yeah. in the skull. Um, the... Yeah, the cinematography, like, there is small parts that could be, like, a horror movie. Mm. Just, like, the intensity. And I think the soundtrack helps play that up because those two things usually go hand-to-hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the famous movies, you can you can quote them. You don't even have to name them. You don't even need to see Jaws to know the... You know? Because it's now... Two notes, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Because um, it's now part of, like, movie ethos and it's absorbed through osmosis rather than actual... Like, there's people out there that have never even seen Jaws and mm-hmm. know exactly what it is and it's, see the trope in, yeah. you know, Family Guy or Simpsons or South Park or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else. Yeah, and that, like, semitone shift is actually very, very uh, good at getting people's emotions to, like, yeah. feel intense because another movie that does... The same, just two notes as a as a theme for something is uh, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because the One Ring theme is just two notes and it's a semitone. The mother is missing in uh, Teen Wolf. Was yeah. that ever explained? I don't no. think so. No, because okay. I was waiting for that to be explained and it didn't seem to be. Um, there was a little bit of backstory with the dad, and it was a very like James Lily Snape thing going on right. in the background. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the dad talk. And there's two dad talks. And both of them, him coming out of the bathroom, was just like, you don't know what's going on to me. And he's just like, I, I better do some. And then he opens the, the door and, and his dad's a werewolf too. And I was yeah. just like, I laughed. Um, and I haven't seen this movie in years. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it, like, probably it must almost been, 20 years ago. It must have been in the mid-90s for me. Um... <laughs> And, like, you know, he had, there's two sequences in this movie where his dad sits him down and has a dad talk with him. And his dad, like, backs him up later on when he goes to... Because the vice principal is, like, Snape to mm-hmm. Harry, except Scott, um, where you've got his dad getting the girl that he wanted. Yep. And, you know, obviously he... The only time that he ever turned into a werewolf in public was when he was in a fight with this guy. Yeah. Who's now the vice principal looking after his son. Yeah. And obviously he's now seeing the reflections of his... Yeah. Like I said, it's very Harry Potter. It is very Harry Potter. Um, but Harry Potter was written after this. So yeah, maybe yeah. J.K. Rowling got the idea from Teen Wolf. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I'm going with here, yeah. And I think we've discovered the secret. And, you know, the only time that he t- turned into a werewolf and he literally pissed himself. Yeah. Um, the dad talk in Turning Red, which is quite late into the movie, mm. because the mother in uh, Turning Red is unbelievably controlling to every aspect. Yeah. Like, uh, mailing 
can't hang out with her friends after school because she's got to go to, to open the shrine with the they run the only red panda shrine and and it's, um, it's the only te- it's the oldest, oldest temple, temple in Toronto. In, yeah. Um, and like he doesn't even get a chance to talk through most of the movie. Yeah. Because literally he goes to say something and she's just literally in his face yeah. like you know what I'm gonna like this is yeah it's she's it's very and you see. Um, real glimpses of where that came from at the end of it that yeah. um, she always wanted to please her mother so she was always trying to be perfect so she has internalized this perfectionism so much that she must control everything that's happening at all times um, and that has you know affected how she parents her daughter and why what, what I found amazing about that is at the end of the movie they have her acknowledge that yeah. and she apologizes to her daughter for making her think that she couldn't be good enough for passing on the same family guilt yeah Yeah. it's like a cultural guilt that's sort of passed down from the mother from the original ancestor who prayed to the spirit and got this red panda yeah like hulk yeah um ability and there is a sequence when she escapes from school and she goes straight full hulk like it, it would be you could take that exact same sequence and put it into an MCU movie and mm. it would be the exact same thing of the Hulk being like, where the hell out am I? I have to get to the hell out of here. People are chasing me. I'm yeah, going to go yeah. destroy and half a city to yeah, get across Yeah, get up it. on the roofs and yeah. run across until you get to where you're going and hide. Yeah, um, it was um, yeah, really fantastic. Um, yeah, going through the family mysticism and there's an ability to seal away her power and the mum was, you know, and then you learn later on in the movie that, you know, it's like the, the mother's guilt to her because of what her mother went through yeah. when she had the red panda spirit come forth, mm. which you see later on in the movie, which is fantastic. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. But yeah, so what you were talking about was the conversation she has with her dad. Yeah. Um, which I thought was fantastic because he's the first person. Who talks to her like she's evil. Yeah, but he's the first person in the whole movie who cares about what she wants. Yeah, that's true too. Um, because you think at the beginning, you think her friends are that person, are those people for her, and her mom just wants her to do whatever she wants her to do, um, and her friends let her be free. But then you get the moment at the party again, parties that are important in both of these films. Um, but you get the moment at the party where the friends guilt her into becoming the panda again because yeah. she's basically saying well i you know her grandmother warns her if she becomes the panda again the more times you become it the harder it's going to give up yeah. yeah yeah so she warns that if she becomes a panda again she may not be able to get rid of the the power Seal which, it, which yeah. is what they are planning to do um so she shows up at this party in a in her cardboard box panda suit and everyone is pissed off um and at this point uh, which we haven't mentioned she's been using um, the red panda as a way to earn money um, so that her and her friends can buy tickets to a concert they want to go to. Yeah. Um, and they're $200 short. And this kid has, who's like been the bully kid the whole way through. Has Tyler. A, Tyler, yep. Has said he'll give them $200 if she'll come to his birthday party and be the panda. Because yeah. that's the only, the only way he can get other people to come to his birthday party, which is quite sad in itself. Um... Where she shows up in this cardboard box suit and he's pissed off and then her friends are, you know, saying like, oh, I guess one of us will have to not go to the concert. And then they're like, oh, maybe none of us can go to the concert if one of us yeah. can't go or whatever. And they essentially guilt her into becoming the panda. Um, and then later on in the party when they're up on the roof, her friends are saying like, don't give it up, you know, 
we, we can do this or we can do that. And, yeah. you know, we like who you are as the panda. And that's the whole problem in Teen Wolf is that his, the, the people who like him like him as the wolf because he's the wolf. And yeah. they didn't actually give a shit about him before yeah. he was wolf. So in Turning Red, it's a bit different because her friends did care about her before she became the panda. But um, what they're telling her there in that moment is, you know, we like you better as the panda than we liked you as yourself. Um, and her mo- so her mom wants her to be perfect, you know, perfect daughter, perfect family person and not listening to that kind of music and not hanging out with the wrong people and whatever. And her friends want her to be more rebellious and more whatever, but both of them just want her to do stuff for them and want and think that they know what's best for her. Whereas her dad sits down and is like, you know, do what you want to do. And he shows you like the video that he's found of her and he's like, you know, I don't mind what you want to do, but you know, this, this version of you, you know, made me laugh. Seems happy. Um, See, there's a, there's a point I'll bring up. Um, so hold that thought in yeah. your head for now. Not that I'm saying you're wrong. I'm just saying what, what her father says to her, what really made me write down actually, you know, a full yeah. sentence rather than three words. What yeah. I normally do for my notes. Um, jumping back to Teen Wolf, like you were saying, the, this conflict that Scott starts having about the fact that does anybody actually like me for me when he goes around and people are like, no, we want the wolf. Like, why are you here? Like, yeah. we want the wolf. He go, you know, he got a role in the play to get closer to Blondie, and then the directors all like, no, I don't. You know, you, you've got two choices. You either turn around and you come back as a wolf, or you're not in the play. And he's like, well, then I'm not in the play, and walks away. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the last ending sequence of him pl- um, playing basketball and the coach being like, well, you're going to lose. And he's like, well, I'm okay with losing as long as I'm playing. Yeah. And there's that sort of sort of star moment, which I didn't think happened. I don't remember it happening at all in Turning Red, mm. where the people around him start becoming jealous, which they did. Like, the rest of the team are pretty much just space fillers at the point. Or even like... Um, the the actual good in brackets player on the team before Scott became Team Wolf mm. is like you know dribbling the ball up the court to make some sort of tactical move and he just literally takes the ball mid bounce from yeah. him. He becomes really not a team player. Yeah, and everybody starts loathing him, and then I think that's probably a relief when he comes back as as Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the equivalent kind of thing in. Uh, turning red is probably when she starts to get real mad at the party when she's um uh, well I think everything's revolving around Tyler because first of all Tyler is like trying to blackmail her yeah I paid you to be here everyone wants rides what are you doing on the roof like yeah. all the but he blackmails her to be there in the first place he yeah. says he's going to tell her mom what she's been doing if she doesn't come to his birthday party um and then yeah and then he does that and he's real shitty towards her and then she just blows up and then everyone is scared of her and you know and then she won't tell her mom the truth so her friends hate her yeah uh, i think that's the closest we come to that kind of thing yeah because even the like you know the popular girl doll white girl all of a sudden because she's a panda uh which is i mean the same in team wolf the popular girl likes him because he's a wolf um but uh yeah so there's not so much of a jealousy thing because she doesn't ditch her friends is the thing no the only moment where she kind of ditches her friend is where she won't stand up to her mom and yeah. them. But again, it's sort of a cultural thing. Yeah. It's not exactly... Yeah. And I think that's 
kind of where the problem with her friends lies is that they don't understand the culture, I yeah. think. Because there's the, you know, when she wants to rush home to help her mom clean up the temple and stuff, yeah. and they're like trying to stop her and be like, oh, just do this, and just, oh, you, you know, just tell her that. And she's like, no, I can't. Like the, do the, that. that sequence where she literally gets chance, challenged to a dance off yeah. to get on the bus, which is already waiting. Yeah. Which was like a. But I guess, you know, you can play that off as, like, they're young kids. They don't know. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have that Yeah, but they really don't. Yeah, because she tries to explain it to them, yeah. but they really just don't comprehend um, what her family dynamic is and where that comes from. It's interesting, too, because you never actually get a glimpse of what their home lives are like mm. outside of just them talking about when they also approach their parents on the same night to ask if they can go to... Four Town, I think's the boy yeah, band four town. they're obsessed with. Um, Even though there's five in, in Four Town. Yeah. It's five guys in it. It's called Four Town. Is that what the mum brought up? Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and four, which I didn't realise four is an unlucky number in Chinese culture. Yeah. So they, uh, they didn't like that. The, there was a really funny moment um, where the, the animosity to Tyler's been growing. Mm-hmm. And there's that sequence where they're just awesome at dodgeball. They're just like epic at dodgeball. Like the like the entire yeah. sequence is like a throwaway sequence to lead up to her being embarrassed and running away. Yeah. But like um, all the characters are like catching and dodging in the most like unique their own character way. Mm. But it's just so amazing. You get like this shadow ghosting, like ghost dodging. Mm. Um, the other girl's like, like grabs both, like gets ball in each hand and then grabs the last one in her teeth. Yeah. And then you get, um, I think the other one just like grabs one and just like spins around all clumsily, but like launches it back. And then Tyler's like laughing at her in the background and giving her crap. And her just like arm hulks out into the panda and just lodges the ball. It's so far at his head that it goes through a window and smashes through the window, but then it like has like a couple of frames where his hair is literally on, on fire. fire. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fantastic. Just like little, like the problem with, I find when people write certain casts, everybody just gets like a one off trick. And mm. I think like, this came to me as why I stopped watching the ocean series. Right. Because they're just like, Oh, you're the guy who's good at this. And yeah. you're the guy who's good at that. And you're the guy who, and that's all they do through the mm-hmm. entire movie. It's like, okay. Heist movies are stupid. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about um, turning red, but I don't know if it'll go straight to the ending for me. Um, What her father said about the time that her mother transformed into the red panda, Mm -hmm. he only saw it once, and it was... Because she was so angry at her mother, mm-hmm. and it was about him and how she, her mother thought it, he wasn't good enough for her. Yeah. And apparently she was huge. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. she was huge. Yeah. Um. The thing for me is, is then when her mother, when the the ceiling, because the. the concert for Four Town and the ceiling ritual when the red moon is coming again or on the same night. Yep. 
She goes into the spirit realm or spirit world. Yeah, which is just a bamboo forest. Yeah, which look really pretty, and I've always wanted to visit a bamboo forest. Yeah, but that's we'll do that someday in the future. Yeah, that's irrelevant for this conversation. We'll do less COVID in the world. Yeah, um, she's just like, no, I don't want to get rid of you. Yeah, and then she comes back quite violently, and it cracks her mother's seal. Yes, and. She runs off to go see her friends, and she's like, no, no, I'm not. And she, the ama- most amazing, because, like, there's certain sequences in this movie, for me, who grew up watching, like, Dragon Ball Z, because mm-hmm. that's what it instantly came to my mind, and I'll pick out one moment why. Um, it was, like, the double jumping, which is physically, right. physically impossible. And yeah. physics that determines the, the laws of... <laughs> Of our universe, yeah. it's physically she, impossible. She's using the momentum of um, the change. Yeah, which is fantastic because it, it like, looks so good when they did it because it doesn't look like it's not like Super Mario where he does like a flip yeah. and then you can do a double flip yeah. in the air because like there's nothing to push off. Yeah, because the whole she's thing is using like yeah. um, I don't remember the principle or principle of matter something along those lines. It's she's very smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because the whole thing, the whole way along, has been how she, about how she can't control it, or her parents don't believe if she control it. Or, well, her mom uh, doesn't trust she can control it, and whatever. And that you know, it's so important that we um, remove this spirit from you so that you don't have to worry about it again because of what her experience was like and how much she couldn't control it. Yeah. Um, that's to the point that they were like testing her, her different emotions to see mm. if she could control it, and she could. But um, that moment is after she has decided to accept it and become one with the panda, and she does this run off to the um, to uh, the Sky Dome in Toronto next to the CN Tower. She um, can control it so well that at will she's turning into and out of yeah. the red panda in such a way that she is manipulating the space Physics, around her yeah. essentially because she's because she knows that it gives her kind of a forward momentum that it like you know poofs up yeah. because obviously that matter has to go somewhere when she disip- you know when the panda disappears it's so much so larger questions. than her my mind my logical brain was just like there are so many questions <laughs> where do her clothes go yeah yeah um, I thought that when she was wearing the panda suit I was like yeah. is she going to burst out of it and then I thought oh no she hasn't burst out of her clothes any other yeah. time so I guess I don't know I think it's just the spirit I don't know it's something it's something spiritual but so, um, yeah it's really really cool sequence to get to my point, yes. the differences between May and her mother, in in my opinion of how their panda spirit takes form, yes. is her mother's one is fueled by rage. Yes. And then you see that entire sequence when she straight up attacks the friggin' dome yeah. during the concert. Like, May arrives, she flies in through the roof, she lands in the crowd, she finds her friends... They try and make amends. They make amends. They see Tyler in the background because apparently he's like super into the band as well. You get a little bit of the band play, and then the mum turns up like straight up, um, like the Saiyan when they turn into giant monkeys, and and Dragon Ball Z crashes through. Azaru, I think, the 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 form crashes through the roof and is like, "Where is me?" <laughs> And it, the, the whole crowd disappear, which is bullshit because I don't know how, what, you know, you would Google Skydome and how big it, like, I'm oh, pretty I sure was, it's like I was Googling 50 the, to 60,000 people could fit in that thing. Uh, capacity for, oh, these are all for different sports games. I think for, for a baseball game, it's 50,000 roughly. So, so that, more than that at yeah, a concert. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So the 60,000 people just disappear instantly. Yeah. As we all know, we've, we've both been involved with evacuations of buildings. That is yeah, it doesn't happen bullshit. like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's... Uh, I, what I was actually looking up there was the height of the uh, the Sky Dome, which is 86 metres tall. Because importantly, when... You know, her dad said that her mom was huge. Yeah. Now, Mei Lin, when she is... A panda is significantly larger than a normal dog. She's about eight eight foot tall, maybe. But she can still fit through a door. Yes, she's large. Yeah. And fluffy, yeah. and about I'd say about seven to eight feet tall. So she's probably thinking, "Oh, my mom is you know that size." Yeah. And then her mom shows up, and she's the same height as the sky dome. <laughs> so she is approximately eighty six meters high. Um, and the first time you see her is coming around the side of a building and she's just fully, it's just a, it's just a silhouette yeah. with the glowing red eyes, just like le- luring around this and you're just like, oh no, <laughs> he was not kidding. She he is, is huge. <laughs> she's a big girl. And then they have their cool anime fight. Mm. Um, and then like flying head. oh and then there's like the weird sequence where they're like the whole family the uh, the army of aunties that have shown up with the mother who were there for the ritual and now yeah. like going to contain both of them at the same time and, and then she she's like i like to what is it? i like to i like to sing i like to dance i like to gyrate <laughs> i like to gyrate yeah and all then, the things that her mom was complaining about she was like because when she'd seen that the ad for yeah for town i keep almost saying the oh boys which are the fake boy band and kim possible um same idea it's a fake boy band but uh yeah when she saw the the four town ad she was like why are they, why are they gyrating so that's so then maylin is like i like gyrating and she starts like twerking in front of her and stuff yeah, and to it's... keep her like confused and, and stuck and then she's like having this head spinny moment and just like whips her with a tail and ends mm. up getting knocked unconscious and then they like well you know we gotta go back in the circle before the you know to seal her back in yeah so the aunties who, yeah. which in i think typical china is just like it's not it's like your cousins but like you just refer to them as sisters because the whole one child yeah generation they're definitely like all in the same family same, yeah because i don't they, think that the one people had like oh yeah no i don't they're not they're not her mom's sisters Sisters, yeah yeah but they're yeah they're maybe her i don't know Cousins. Her, her mother's cousins yeah. or her well, grandmother's again, cousins you, you, or you have a family that's all linked to a curse i'm pretty sure that stay pretty close to each other yeah yeah as <laughs> supporting um so they could be quite a large family yeah so you've got the grandma and these aunties yeah. who are there who are there chanting and then they um see so maylin has knocked her mother unconscious and she's fallen half out of the circle yeah and maylin is trying to pull her Back, back into the circle, but she's so small in comparison. So they all break their charms. Yeah, their charms, and they turn into pandas and yeah. start pulling her back into the circle. And then the group of friends go and get the band who were stuck on stage in like angel high wire outfits yeah. to help them sing the chant before. The... Yeah, because they, I think they had said um, when yeah. they had tried to do the chant for May May the first time. Um, the shaman had said to the, said, "Oh, it doesn't actually matter what they sing, but your grandma's very old school, so she's singing the proper chant. So they'd already set it up that you could sing. It just anything. had to be from the heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they're all singing the her favorite song by this band. Yeah. Um, and then they send all of them into the shadow realm. Yeah. <laughs> they all go to the bamboo forest. Um. 
Yeah, and when she finds her mom there, she's a teenager. Yeah, and crying. And she, like, leads her away, and each time a bamboo stem passes over the screen... She's She's, like, older. white. Yeah, it's such a good sequence. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, then you end up getting this moment where she's just, like... And then is embraced by her original ancestor. Mm. It's like, well, you actually figured it out. It's not a curse. Like, you can actually live with this. Yeah. Well, they had said that they initially... The family believed it to be a blessing and that it was yeah. only when they moved to New World. Yeah. So when they were in um, Canada and I think the grandmother was somewhere in the States before she came up mm. to them. But anyway, they were in North America um, and then it suddenly became a curse because they have to hide it and, you know, whatever. All I have to say is Teen Wolf ends really, really, really very 80s. He <laughs> gets a foul... By the Mitch. Mick. Mick. Ugh. Um, and then gets two free throws. Free throws. When throws, then Yeah, so they, were, so they were one point down. Yeah. He gets two free throws. And each free throw is three. Th- damn it. It's okay. It's my Kiwi. Um, <laughs> is worth one point. Yeah. So then they can end up. One point over. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone lives happily ever after, and it's like, wow. Yeah, there's the moment where, um, you know, the Pamela, the blonde girl, is coming up to him, and he pushes past her and embraces um, Boff. Boof. Boof. Boff. Boof. Um, Because he's finally realized that, you know, she's that trope of best female friend who's been secretly in love with you for her whole life, and you finally realize she's a person. Yeah. Only after you mould her a little bit and go yeah. off with some actress. Yeah. Um, I, so, yeah, there's this coming back part where, you know, she's uh, Meili, Meiling, what am I saying? What? Meilin? Meilin's come back to her, um, like, world with the panda spirit. And mm. the family's all sort of, like, scattered back away, and it's, like, her going over living with it, and how she's, like, you know, I'm not just living for my mother's um, attention, and I'm yeah. also doing other things, but I'm also part of, like, her life still. Yeah. And then there's the... And then it sort of has, like, the, the nice happy ending there, and then we were sitting there... I think I went out for a vape, and you were just, like, typing up your notes. No, and, it was... While it was still in the credits, you yeah. paused the credits, and you were, like... Oh, yeah. You were like, they did it again. They did it again. And I'd, I hadn't even copped it. Okay, so there is a trope, and it's <laughs> ongoing, and I don't know why. It's when a character that is not white, is just uh, for some reason, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what race they are, as long as they're not white, they spend at least 50% or more of the movie as some form of animal. <laughs> and it's pissing me off now. <laughs> Because I don't, I can't think of a movie. You did a list. You did a list. Yeah. It was, uh, so Emperor gets his new em- groove back. So it's just called Emperor's New Groove. Whatever. Oh, you've, you've, you've like taken it a whole other level. So Emperor's New Groove, Brother Bear, Princess and the Frog, Soul, and Turning Red. Yeah. And or, then we, those, we had a discussion of if Luca counts. I don't think Luca counts because he is a fish creature that becomes human, not the other way around. If Italians had feelings. <laughs> if Italians had feelings. Um... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting, because those are all 
Disney films or Disney Pixar. Yeah. Um, but it happens in other other animation studios as well. Does Brother Beard Disney? Yeah, Brother Beard's Disney. Oh, okay. It's one of the most underrated Disney movies ever. I think the only wonderful. one that really doesn't happen is Aladdin. But what are you talking about? No, I've, you've got Lilo and Stitch, Moana. True. Encanto. It's three. <laughs> yeah, it's three. Um, oh, but no, no. So I was going to say Atlantis, but mm, there's some dodgy shit in that. Um, no, because what I was going to bring up in, in, you know, the canon of, well, the, the the hive mind canon of Aladdin, right? What? That is so all imagined? No, no, no. So it's in the future, but it's post-apocalyptic, and the only culture that survived was the Muslim culture. Oh, okay. Because that's how genie... And no, Abu, the... Abu and um, what's the Yago? Yago like genetically engineered animals, and the flying carpet is just technology. <laughs> and how could the genie make references to things? Because the genie is is omniscient. And the genie. No, knows. that's not how it works. <laughs> it's a post-apocalypse, Lisa. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it, actually, it's all made up because it's just a guy selling. It's a, a guy telling us. Yeah, yeah selling it's a guy telling a story. So how does he know about Robert De Niro? <laughs> and, Nick, and and cars and Jack Nicholson. Oh God! Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about Aladdin too much. We're not. We're not talking about Aladdin. We don't have to. Oh, I was gonna say we don't have to ever talk about Aladdin, but we could eventually probably because there is a, uh, there was a live action remake. Oh God, that's gonna be like year five of our thing when we start doing remakes of things. Oh, yeah, we don't need to get any remakes anytime soon. No. Um. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. Oh, yeah, the end sequence. The, the a post-credit sequence was super cute. Oh, yeah, her dad dancing to the... Dad dancing to the, the four-town music in the basement away from everybody else. And yeah. he's, like, wearing the glasses. And he's just like... Doo, 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 yeah, her dad is real sweet. Yeah. You just, yeah. And um, one of the things, one of the notes I took down to the beginning of the movie was um, that obviously um, the director, the writer-director... Uh, Domi, she she obviously loves food. Because oh my god! This the <laughs> cooking sequence in this made me like. Yeah. There is something about animated food, like um. Like studio Jimmy food. Yeah, they do it like fantastically. Yeah. But yeah, that whole anime like chef sequence. Yeah, it's was fantastic so... to the point where it's like when the when it like pans up to him. Like his glasses are white. Yeah, yeah. Like the the standard anime like backlit glasses, so you can't see their eyes. But then he's just like, oh, and takes them off and yeah, like yeah. wipes them. And I love it because it's like this real. It's shown as this real like powerful thing. Like it's shot like a like a big action sequence, yeah. but it's just him like chopping lettuce and stuff, and then they're making um bao. Um, but the reason I say that is because Domi, she this is her first film that she's written and directed a feature film yeah um but what she did before for pixar was a short film called battle which have you seen that no um it's it's about um an asian mother whose son has uh it's, it's about empty nest syndrome is that what it's called where like her her son has grown up and is left yeah um and she is like making bow without him and she gets upset and then she creates a son out of a bow and <laughs> it's a really cute well we can watch it after we record it's a very cute little short what was that movie we watched about moon cakes moon cakes it was the one where the girl had to go to the moon oh to yeah, the yeah, moon yeah. that was that was nominated for an oscar last year um was it just called over the moon i think right. it was just called over the moon yeah. 
Yeah. I was, you were talking about like family making bao, and I was just like, there was another one that we yeah. watched that was about family making food. Yeah, so I think, so Turning Red is interesting because it's written um, by Domi Shi, who is, um, she's Chinese-Canadian, which is, you know, this is about the Chinese community in, in Toronto, Canada, in yeah. Canada. Um, so she wanted to make a film, I guess, based on um, that Chinese-descended population of, of Toronto and of, of Canada. Um, and she's based it on her own childhood growing up there. So Ming is based on her own mother mm. and what her experience is. So, the, you know, the film is kind of her showing what her experiences growing up with a mother like that were. But obviously she's taking a bit of a fantastical slide on it. don't know. She could be a weird panda. <laughs> she could be a weird panda. I think um, I've just found, found something out about Domishi. It's, it's sort of, I think that's possibly the best way for filmmakers to make films is like express for themselves and that's you know I know yep. there's certain movies you don't like but I know from um, one of our fans on no he's not actually a fan where um, Kevin Smith was working oh. for his own drama <laughs> with the way well, our fan Kevin Smith yeah. uh, we say this because Kevin Smith retweeted us oh no he didn't even retweet us he liked a tweet yeah. once so he's our fan yeah. Kevin Smith Fan for that point in time that he spent two microseconds pressing an upvote or a whatever. Like, like like, I don't use Twitter very often. Yeah. Well, it's a love heart, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little yeah. love heart. Anyway. He loved he, her tweet. He loved it. Um, Tusk is a fantastic movie. Yes, it is. If you like body horror, oh, gosh. I can recommend it. Um, but that's, you know, Kevin Smith worked through his like own stuff, like he worked through his mm. like strict Catholic background with uh, dogma and his um, gripes with his own like decisions about his sexuality through Jersey Girl. And, yeah. No, not Jersey Girl. Um, Amy or Chasing catch, Amy? Chasing Amy, yeah. Um, it's interesting because um, Brave was the original director for Brave was um, Brenda Chapman and she... Was right. She was working on Brave as a story based on her relationship with her daughter. Yeah. Because uh, it's another film that's very much focused on that mother-daughter relationship. So this is from the child point of view. Uh, and I wonder, that's probably why she said it in 2002. Because it's 20 years ago. Yeah. Because um, that probably is when she was 13 years old. I don't know that what age told me she is. That you can also get, um, like, trackers for kids these days. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's very obvious how to find her because she yeah. just literally had a GPS tracking. Yeah, yeah she'd have a phone. Instead, she's got a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Which I thought was cute as well. She carries a Tamagotchi around all the time. Oh, that was a, a sweet little detail at the end because they all had these, like, when they had done their ceremonies over the years or their rituals to banish their pandas, they all had brought, like, jewelry to put them in, but they all broke those yeah. to free their pandas. So the shaman who had to, like, trap all their pandas again had to just put it in items that he found around the place. So her, her mom, Ming, her um, panda gets trapped in a Tamagotchi. Gotcha, where she has to feed and this yeah. is, like, constantly complaining at her and she's, like, in the temple, like, doing their prayer service and it's just like, this thing gets hungry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was very cute. She's got her, her panda spirit in a Tamagotchi. Yeah. I don't, th- I, I don't think anything else. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie um, mm-hmm. more than I enjoyed Teen Wolf from a 2022 lens yeah. because some of those sequences were a bit rough these days. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even like just wow. Yeah. 
forgot how bad it was. Yeah, there's a lot in it. I know Michael J. Fox hates it, apparently. Absolutely hates it. Um, it's interesting because it was... Um, de- the release was delayed. So it was released eventually in August 1985, but it was supposed to be released, I think, in February of 1985. And they pushed it back uh, because Back to the Future was being released and they knew that it was a better movie and they wanted to be able to capitalize on Michael J. Fox's growing popularity after Back to the Future. Gross. So we can go over budgets and box offices if you want. Uh, yep. Teen Wolf budget 1.2 million. Made 80. Made, no, made 33 million. Oh. Where'd you get 80 from? I don't know. Yeah, made 33 million, but they, I don't, they weren't expecting it to even do that well. Um, Because, I mean, that's like, you know, well, 1.2 million, that's literally 30 times. Yeah. the, what they had put into it. Uh, Turning Red. Do you want to guess the budget for Turning Red? $171 million. Oh, it was very close. $175 million. Oh, it was close. You were very close. I looked at it and I went, oh my God. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yeah, but we watched um, Inside. Mm. And obviously it took him a... Um, Bo Burnham... Burnham? Burnham? Burnham. Burnham. Um, a year to make that. Yeah. And some... Maybe a couple of stress years of mental health. Yeah. But what did Netflix pay for? Like $3.9 million? I have something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so $175 million. Uh, now, it was supposed to get a theatrical release. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, it did not. It was, the, I think, the third film in a row for, for Disney that hasn't got a theatrical release when it was supposed to. Um, after, obviously... What about that? I think Encanto did, did it? I don't know. Um, Just don't keep your kids to the movie theaters, folks. Yeah. There was a struggle for me. Oh, yeah, so it was... Oh, sorry, so Soul and Luca both didn't. Yeah, it was a struggle for me watching Batman for three hours with a mask on, let alone, like, trying to get a kid this movie to be aimed at to keep a mask on. Yeah. Um, So the box office that it has brought in so far is $4 million. But that's irrelevant because everybody who already currently has a subscription to Disney Plus yeah. can watch it. Yeah. So how do you even generate and it's Yeah, I've no idea. Yeah, so I'm i streaming thing is Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't put it behind a bigger paywall because that's what they did initially with oh, some releases. I think it was the Mulan oh, live action. And apparently it's garbage anyway and that was pretty much why um I think that was why it was put behind a paywall. I don't know because there was a couple. Of, I think there was a couple of things when they first started out doing it, and then people hated it so much and wouldn't pay for it, and you know that they just there was all, doing they, were, it. they were also doing a um like a delayed release thing, so it would like, right. So in my mind, in the perfect world, you wouldn't have to because this is the thing. Netflix came out; it had the license to everything. People stopped pirating, mm-hmm. and now there's Amazon. There's Disney, there's Netflix, there's um, Hulu, there's... Peacock. Peacock. There's something else that's... Um, uh, there's a lot of... Well, um, Amazon is where the boys is. Yep. Um, there's something else. There's another streaming platform that's, again, like money per month, and it's just like... Yeah, there's a lot of them. You're going... You can, you can buy... You can... Um, by like YouTube Red and oh, you know that, and there's like <laughs> become yeah. a member of my channel, pay me money every month, even though yeah. I'm providing the traffic for a website, and they should be paying me. I shouldn't have to rely on mm. the fans to pay me. It makes no friggin' sense. 
It's just such... And why, like... Why would you take money? Like, oh, just... Well, apparently YouTube are doing that better, or, you know, paying creators better than TikTok are. Apparently TikTok are being very shit at that. So what TikTok have done, apparently, is they have, like, a general pool of money that they pay to their top creators. That's how Spotify works, too. Yeah, but the pool doesn't change. And TikTok has become more and more popular, so now everyone's getting less... So as people get more popular, they get less money. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. Whereas YouTube has like a percentage thing going based on yeah. ad revenue and stuff, but TikTok is like, no, we allocate this much yeah, to the creators. The problem with YouTube is they also control the algorithm. Yes. So they can be just like, I personally don't like this content. So yeah. even though it's popular, no one's going to watch it anymore. Yeah, that's fair. And it's happened to many creators I watch who are just like, hey, algorithm like please like everybody and their wife now us and their dog and the next door neighbor jim asked you to press the notification bell but if you don't you will never see my video because it will not come up when you're recommended yep because they're scummy because it's owned by google and google uh everywhere man yep. they're in our souls anyway we should wrap up this thing because yeah. otherwise we're just gonna go crazy yeah i think we've um I think we've covered pretty much everything that we're going to cover. Yeah. Teen Wolf got a sequel with Jason Bateman. Yeah. It didn't make any money. Well, it got and a then, sequel probably because they made 33 million yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the sequel didn't make any money. Yeah. And then they were going to have another one with Alyssa Milano. They made an animated film, I think. Yes, it was an animated series. And then they just and changed. They did, and changed, they did a reboot, yeah. Yeah, they changed it. And now it's a weird six season long thing I think, that yeah, came I think out that's in 2011. popular, but I don't know what it has to do with the original at all. I think it's probably just the same story except spread out over six seasons. I can't imagine. Because, like, I'm, listen, I've never watched it, but any, like, images I've seen out of it are really dark. It seems like it's, like, a angsty thing. Yeah, but that was popular in 2011. Yeah, I know. But I'm, what I'm saying is I can't imagine it's the same story as the cheesy 1985 shit. It's I'm pretty sure it'll be the exact same plot. Maybe not the oh, same God, beats. It can't be the same plot. No. It's it gonna, can't be. No. It's not a dude playing basketball and and being a wolf wearing sunglasses playing basketball being real cool. That's not what the 2011 one is. No. There's no way. No. I'm sure someone who's listening has watched it and is shouting at us right now. Good for them. Um, yeah, Teen Wolf is all right. Will I watch it again? Maybe in another 20 years. And just be like, Jesus. <laughs> Turning red, I could watch it again next week and be happy. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the thing about all the Pixar movies. Yeah. Most of the Pixar movies. I Inside mean, Out for me was like, oh, I'm gonna I certainly not. Soul was Pixar, wasn't it? I certainly am not rushing to watch Soul again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but we'll yeah we'll see. Um. Yeah, turning. If I was gonna recommend, if I was gonna say watch one of these movies, it's Turning Red. That's obvious though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It is the higher rated of the two as well, even though it's only been out for like a week. Less than a week. Okay. We'll wrap up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ittakes2 underscore pod or on Facebook at ittakes2pod. Uh, the website. Oh, yeah. We have a website. <laughs> it's like I've never done this before. Our website is ittakes2.co.nz and on there we have all the different places you can listen to us or you can listen to episodes directly on the website 
or you could join our mailing list or you can read reviews people have written about us if you want to write us a review you can do that on good pods or pod chaser or uh, apple podcasts or there were two I don't know. Waiting. It's okay. oh no wherever you're listening they're if next, there's an option to rate a review do it they're heading next right now <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's everything. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye.